And it's a very exciting day on First Thing because instead of talking to myself in a room with a microphone, I've got company in the studio. Um, we, we, we got her from our country station that's gone to be with the Lord. <laughs> Literally, because it's it's not there anymore, and it's sold to uh, a religious broadcaster. Renee Vitale, uh, local radio legend, is is, is sitting in with me. That's and, quite a title. Thank and, you. Well, you're welcome, man. And I'm glad you're here because I'm going to need a little emotional support this morning because I'm really bummed out about uh, Bob Barker passing away over the weekend. No, I feel like a part of our childhood is gone. Right. It, that was the go-to when you were sick. Well, and the thing is, you know, he was 99. You kind of thought he, he would never die. Um, what a life, though. 35 years with the with the greatest job um, in the history of the world. I mean, being a talk show host is the dream. And, I mean, how many... How, how many kisses did he get from America's grandmother on that show? Right. Yeah. And he was the go-to when you were home sick from school. Yeah. And and that's what, besides the joke everyone was making about him getting close to 100 without going, going over, over. Yeah. That's yep. what that's what everybody remembered was that when you were a kid, you were homesick from school, you would watch The Price is Right. Yep. And uh, for me, I remember in the summer as a kid, my siblings and I watching it. It was on at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then once the Price is Right was over, it was time for lunch and to go see what your friends were up to. That's so. exactly right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What a great show. And I, I mean, I got to be honest, too. I, I, this is not a knock against Drew Carey. I, he's actually almost been doing this for 20 years. He, he took over in 2007. Has it really been that long? I know. Doesn't time fly? It really does. Um, but I haven't watched. It's just not the same. Same thing with Jeopardy without Trebek. No I disrespect. Know. It's going to be the same thing with Wheel of Fortune. I will watch Harv on Family Feud, though. I think he's the best host of Family Feuds ever. You had. are correct. That is one where uh, the replacement was better than the original, I would say. Yeah. I mean, Harv just has this thing where he gives the camera a look and you just end up dying. It's not even the dialogue. It's the look. Right. Right, some like some sassy old lady will say something mildly suggestive, and Harv will just look at the audience that you'll mm-hmm. just die laughing. Yep, so. yep. Rest in rest in peace, Bob Barker. Of course, I remember him from uh, his cameo in Happy Gilmore. The price is wrong, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Right there, we go. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> See, you remember the FCC rules. <laughs> what did you What did you think of Donald Trump's mugshot? By the way, that was released on Thursday after he was booked at the. Uh, Fulton County Jailhouse. I was thinking it is so sad that Saturday Night Live is not on right now because <laughs> this is pure gold. It was like fish in the barrel for those writers. Yeah, and Could you imagine the skits? And their Trump guy is really good now. I, I mean, yeah. sometimes I'll like I'll be watching Donald Trump and he'll remind me of the guy on SNL instead of vice yep. versa. You're like, is this a Saturday Night Live skit that we're watching right now? Right. Well, you know, I often say that like, I don't watch Netflix or Hulu because uh, the news is crazier than anything you can stream. This is better than any kind of show that could be written. Right. Like if you if you were to, you know, go back in time 10 years ago and take a newscast um, from now and show it to executives at at Netflix, they probably pass on it and send it to Tubi. But it's nuts. (laughs) Um, You know, I thought, you know, I. I feel like the the mugshot was was obviously planned because um, they like as soon as it was taken, it was posted on Twitter. Um, they started um, making merchandise out of it, and oh, I yeah. think I think he's supposed to look strong and defiant, but I don't know. I, I 
to me, it's a tragic mugshot. Like if I'm looking at that in a vacuum, I'm seeing I, I'm seeing a broken man. I'm not seeing like some kind of like like, like hero of the people. Yeah, it, it's not a hero shot. It's sad. It, I'm sad. I'm sad looking at that. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, I, me personally, I'm not a fan of the former president. I'm sure he's guilty of something that he's been accused of. But it's still still a sad day when a former president gets arrested and goes I'm to jail. sad for the country. Yeah, but I'm not sad for his, um, for his campaign because, as predicted, um, the, the Trump campaign has fundraised quite a bit off of that mugshot. Um, $4.1 million on Friday alone. I know. Um, as of Saturday, it was $7 million. I'm sure it's even even higher now. And, um, yeah, right away after it was taken, uh, Donald Trump went back to Twitter X, posted the mugshot and a link to his website that had a whole bunch of really convenient little buttons for dollar denominations to donate. Like the man or not, you have to give him credit. For what he did there. I mean, that was that was smart. That was smart advertising on his part for cam, campaign fundraising. Yeah. Well, and the th- I, I mean, the thing is, nobody plays hero martyr better than Donald Trump. Correct. Right. When he posted on Truth Social, I only need one more indictment for the nomination. He might he might be right. I mean, my question, yeah. though, is obviously this galvanizes his base, right? Of his, his, the, 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 the people who love him, the people who are wearing the red hats, this makes them dig their heels in. It'll be interesting to see how it plays with, like, the normal people in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, and also, you know, if we had a stronger if we had a stronger candidate on the Democrat side, uh, if it would be more damaging because, you know, Donald Trump may have some cover because a lot of people probably have some reservations uh, about Joe Biden. Do you think he stood in the mirror, though? I, I do think <laughs> I think he did, because the, the, the fact <laughs> the fact that that mugshot went up so fast. I'm like, this guy was like Zoolandering in the mirror trying to like. <laughs> Zoolandering in the mirror. He was trying. He, he was like, OK, I got to look tough. I don't have a good Trump impression. I apologize. I got to look tough. I got to look defiant. I need to give a look that's going to raise me $7 million in two days. Right, right. Did he have consultants? Right. How did that pan out? Right. Because I think he had a little pouty lip. I don't know. What's I the... don't know what he did. He didn't duck lip it. It, it was, was on... close, though. But yeah, it was. it was close. Which eyebrow do I raise? Yeah. Is it the left? Is it the right? right. Do I look, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think he looked bewildered, but yeah. I don't know. Um, your neck of the woods, um, Thursday night, obviously we're getting, we're getting reports of how bad those storms were. Did you, did you get any flooding? Did you get any, um, uh, wind damage out? You're on the east side, correct? Yep. yep, I'm in Warren. Uh, you know, it was not nearly as bad as what some of the people more on the west side experienced. Uh, it wasn't terrible. It was not great. Uh, but it was, it was not bad. It was not bad. Seven tornadoes in Michigan. I know. I know. And, and the terrifying thing is I slept through all of them. Did you really? I did. I mean, I woke up on Friday. I'm like, do we get bad weather? So what I did is I immediately downloaded a whole bunch of weather apps because I'm like, I need something to wake me up. How did you sleep through I, that? I mean, I was exhausted from the week. The the night before those storms on Wednesday night where there was just thunder, it felt like there was just constant thunder for an hour. Mm-hmm. That woke me up early. So I think I was so exhausted. But, sure. But when I like... Woke up and started, you know, checking the news. I was horrified that uh, 
you know, I live I live in Lincoln Park, so there was there, you know, there were there were tornadoes kind of all around me, but 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 not like where I lived. But right. Well, that's good. Yeah. So there was a tornado, uh, Williamston that crossed over in Weberville out near Lansing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Canton, Belleville, those are very close together. Uh, that's scary. Rockwood, Gibraltar, those are close together down mm. in Monroe. Frenchtown Township flipped over some manufactured homes, and then there was one out in Kent County at the the west side of the state. They're so. saying at least five people were killed. Yeah, and we still have 19,000 people without power. Um, and look, all the, all the experts are saying this is the new normal, that there's no such thing. You know, these 100-year storms are going to be happening every five years, multiple times in five years. Um, there was a study done that said our infrastructure needs a billion dollars a year to keep up with these floods. And even then, you know, if we get two nights of rain like we recently got, it's not going to be able to keep up. That is becoming the new norm. Yeah. These storms. It, it's And again, they're reminding people that if there there are still quite a few downed power lines and to stay 25 feet away from them. Yeah. And, uh, I used, you know, I used to love thunderstorms. Every time, though, they're, they're like forecasting them on the news. Like you start, you get nervous and, and you start thinking, okay, they're overreacting a little bit, but then something like Thursday night happens like, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe they're not just doing it to scare us into watching. Well, I think that after we've been through that flood that we had, well, how, how many years ago was that? I, I feel like we've had a lot of floods. Um, we've had like five or six of those, but I think one, the like first nine one was years ago. Yeah. I think 2014 was yep. that first big one. After you've been through that, you get nervous. Right. It was, it's not fun to just get a nice rainstorm anymore. Right. You know, I, I mean, and the first thing I do is I go check my basement yep. because it has flooded before. Correct. All right. We are underway here. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR. It's called the Egg Crack Challenge, where parents film themselves baking with their kids, cracking a raw egg on their child's forehead, and posting their action online. It's the latest trend going viral on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, clinical psychologist Dr. Donna Rockwell talks to Sean Belegian on JR Morning. All right, Danielle, you're going to have to get my back here. True story. Uh, about an hour and a half ago, we were in the studio, and uh, Dave Rieger came over my house last month and uh, got a chance to meet my wife and kids, and he was talking about how nice my wife was. Thank you. And he was talking about how nice and polite my kids are. Thank you. And then Dave Rieger's comment was, can you imagine having to live with Sean? Is that a true is that a true story? Yes. He did say that. Yes, he did. And Rieger, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Is it is it because like I'm kind I'm kind of a prankster. You not, are. Not kind of a prankster. You I'm are. a prankster. You okay? are. Yes. All right. So I I could sit here for the next fifteen minutes and tell you some of the pranks that I've pulled on everyone in my family. Now this was right after you said that. You purposely don't like any movies that your family likes. 100%. So, true right, story. I mean, right there. What I will tell them every time is, and I quote, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. But then sometimes I have to say, like in the case of going to see Barbie, I said to my daughter, I know I say this to you a lot, but you really need to hear it. This is the worst movie I've ever seen. Okay? So it's kind of like our fun back and forth thing that we do. Um, there is a prank that parents are pulling with their kids right now that I, I, I don't get it, 
I don't even know, like, how did this become a thing? This is, I, and again, listen, as a prankster, I'm willing to pull quite a few pranks on my wife and kids, okay? I am. I'm not going to go down this road. Uh, Donna Rockwell, clinical psychologist, uh, joining us to talk about this. Uh, Donna, I I don't know how this stuff starts on TikTok, but in case people out there have not heard this, it has parents surprising small kids by cracking an egg on their head and then posting it online. I don't know what the significance is. Perhaps you can explain this to me, Donna, because I'm lost. Thank you for joining the show. Sure. It's totally my pleasure. And I just want to say the one word I can think of is dumb. It's (laughs) dumb. And it's also not a prank. It is startling a child that's expecting you to be kind to them. And you are smashing an egg, never mind the salmonella poisoning possibility, on their head. Um, I don't think you really need to be a psychologist or a brain surgeon. (laughs) You just have to be a human being to know that if your parent is doing that kind of prank on you, they're not really considering how you feel. And also, the trust bond, the attachment is so important during childhood that if you do this, if you crack an egg on your kid's head and end up laughing at them, you're creating a shame cycle for your kid and also a situation where they just won't ever trust you and maybe not other people either. I read up on this and and the notion is that, um, you know, one time won't hurt, but one time does hurt. Yes, it does. we make decisions in those moments, and we're and it's unconscious. And then for the rest of our life, we don't know why we don't trust people. But it could have come absolutely from that experience. You know, Donna, it's interesting because, again, I, I am part of the reason why I, I brought up what I did to Dave is, is, you know, I wanted to do it for your benefit as well. I play pranks on my kids all the time. And, you know, they're older and they, they're, they're used to it now and they know dad's being silly. I can definitively say there there was never to startle or embarrass them or humiliate them. I'm 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 sorry. I I don't understand the thing, and it's not just that. But then you're posting the video, so you know perhaps their friends, their peers, can see them in that humiliated, startled moment. I I I don't understand the humor in that. And exactly um, when when. Reality TV started, I was very concerned being a, a media uh, student. I used to work at CNN as a reporter, and then I became a psychologist. And I started Already Famous with Dr. Donna to help women and girls in particular say no to the algorithm of social media. And that's what we're getting to talk about here is we cannot let social media infiltrate our brains such that parents think it might be a good idea to smash an egg on their kid's head. So I think that it's gotten really out of control, social media, what goes viral. I mean, maybe there was a time they did, a parent did smash an egg on their kid's head, but thankfully we didn't have to see it. But now it goes viral. And anything that catches the imagination, that triggers the um, brain amygdala, so that we are activated, we will go toward. But that doesn't mean it's healthy. And that doesn't mean 
we're bringing up healthy children in this atmosphere. So I used to do pranks too. I had two boys growing up. I did. I never had a daughter. Mm -hmm. And I would say to them, if you guys can't get along, we're going to have a tea party. We're going to have a tea party. <laughs> and that was my way of letting them know in a humorous way that they needed to change their behavior in that moment. So that was a bit of a prank, but there's no shame. There's no potential to have your kids say, mommy, why did you do that to me? Yeah, so. I, I don't get it. <laughs> but Donna, you and I, we could, we could sit and have a conversation. I could not agree with you more about social media. It is amazing how it's changed people I know. It, it's it's almost like this alter ego started with some of my friends, some mild-mannered people that just turned into a maniac on social media. I, I'm just not a social media fan at all. Unfortunately, it's my job. You have to be a part of it. But the desire for some of these people... Look at me. Look at look at my views and everything at the expense of your children. I'm going to have to take a pass there. Right. And, you know, it, social media is good for some things. It brings some marginalized populations together where they can meet. It does have good qualities, but this negative is so huge. And in fact, Sean, I think it's actually informing how the human brain is developing, how it's evolving, because the more we have this device in front of us and we have an attention span that used to be eight minutes and now it's i'm sorry eight seconds and now it's three seconds that's a problem so this is where i think parenting is essential to get to the like main point of what we can do for our children which is to limit their amount of social media to be involved in what they're seeing this is a new day and age and parents have to take control and go outside with your kids do activities with your children so they're not on social media. Well, so they're living their lives. As you put it, we didn't need to call the expert, but I'm glad we called the expert. Dr. <laughs> Donna Rockwell, clinical psychologist. Oh, my gosh. Renee, we're going to we're, we're we're out of time this segment, but we're definitely going to have to talk about this after the news here. Yeah, forget. I got to turn my mic on. That's OK. Forget Dr. Steve. We've got it figured out here when it comes to relationships. <laughs> yeah. We've got a lot of doctors, and we won't charge your insurance. It's first thing with Mike Parsons, <laughs> Renee Vitale on JR. And I'm joined by Renee Vitale here in studio. And, Renee, before the break, we are listening to that interview with Dr. Donna Rockwell about this egg crack challenge where people are cracking eggs on their kids' foreheads and posting it on TikTok. I was getting infuriated watching those videos. Well, here's the thing. All right. We were talking about it. It's one thing for for kids to do stupid things on social media. We did a lot of stupid things as kids. If social media was around, that would have been a moralizing video. But these are adults. Right. These are the people that are supposed to be protecting their children. Right. And I mean, it. you know, it's it, it's nothing new. I mean, I remember I, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel who did that thing where. You told your kids there were no Christmas presents. It's just, it's very, awful. it's very exploitive to, to yes. do the stuff with your kids. All for likes on social media. Right. Uh, is, is it worth it? I mean, because now your kid, whenever you call your kid, you know, over, they're always going to be worried that you're uh, filming something on social media for them What's... or, or, or you're going to, you're, you're, you're going to ambush them with something. It's a form of bullying. You're right. bullying your children. You're, right. You're cyber bullying your kid. Yes. And then could you imagine, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, you know, it, could, could you imagine, you know, they get upset, they start, they start crying, they start bawling and now, and now that's up on the internet for everybody right. to see. Exactly. So, so stupid. Um, 
So you are recent have been recently wifed up. Yep. Uh, you got married. When did you get married? July 21st. July 21st. Mm-hmm. So happy um, five-week anniversary. Thank you. And you actually came across something that uh, something that could be a key to a good marriage, and it might not be what we expect. Yeah, so forget marriage counseling. You really want to improve your marriage? All you got to do is hit up Cedar Point and then go watch a good horror flick. So throwing up on my wife on the Magnum would be good for our marriage? I don't know if I'm suggesting that. (laughs) Okay, I just want to be clear. I just want to be clear. Yeah, no, let me clarify. So studies have shown that doing scary and exciting things together can increase your attraction to each other. And it's because of this phenomenon called misattribution of arousal. Oh. How hot does that sound? It sounds like a Lifetime movie. (laughs) It does, doesn't it? Uh, Basically, when you do something. Starring Swoozie Kurtz. Ooh. Basically, when you do something scary, your heart rate and your blood pressure go up and you become more alert and you fight your fight or flight instinct kicks in. You know, I think I've heard about this because I, I, I heard a study that's saying, yeah, if you're going on a first date with somebody, take them to a horror movie because you got the adrenaline and the hormones yep. start start going. Yep. So basically all this is happening because of the activity. So not because of the other person, but our brains associate the excitement and arousal with the person that they're doing the activity with. So that makes us feel stronger feelings about the significant other even though they aren't actually the one responsible for right. us having that heightened sensation. Right, so it amplifies the feeling. So uh, obviously if you kind of like the person you're you're with, it might make you like them more. What if you kind of hate the person you're with? Does it make you hate them more? If it just if all it does is kind of amplify the feeling that you have? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't... I don't want to test that theory. I was gonna, go, find, <laughs> go find someone you hate a little bit and watch a horror movie with them or go on go on a roller coaster. I've got plenty of those people yeah. in my life. So Ho- hopefully they're not listening. Uh, Renee just asked me to go to Cedar Point. I think she might kind of hate me. Pick a fight with someone. Let's right. go hit the Magnum. <laughs> that's it. You and me, Raptor, right now, if that's still up. Right. Now, you... you uh, like I said, you recently got married, and, and it was your second marriage, right? Right. Uh-huh. Both of us. I kind of feel, and and I've, I'm on my first marriage. Hopefully, it's my last marriage. I mean, I mean, like, hopefully, like we 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 last forever. That's right, what I mean. Right. You guys are adorable. Yeah, you I will. love you, honey. If you're listening, um, but I kind of feel like, like the 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 second wedding is kind of the wedding that the bride and groom kind of always wanted to begin with, and I don't think that's necessarily the case for everyone's first wedding. I would agree with that statement. I, and at least in my husband and I's case, we both we both would agree with that statement. And I also feel like if you were to ask, you know, people who are still married from their first marriage and you were to ask the bride if they would go through the whole process of getting married again uh, for the first time. And if you ask men, if they go through the process of getting married for the first time again. The answers would be very different. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about the wedding day itself. You know, the wedding day is the payoff. Sure. It really is a great day. It is. I'm talking about everything leading up to it. Because I think women, they're the ones that the that the planning falls on. Oh, yeah. So I think if you're going to ask a woman if she would go through the wedding process all over again, you'd probably get a hell no. Where when you ask a man, he'd be, he'd be like, Oh, okay. Because we're kind of just along for the ride. You show up. You put on your suit and you show up. Right. Which, you know, and and here's the thing. My approach was stay out of the way, but. That's a smart man right there. 
But if you are asked an opinion on something, have an opinion and have a reason. Because if 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 if, if your bride is planning a wedding and she says, what do you like better? Do you like the blue or the purple? You say, I don't care. It, <laughs> They think you don't care. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I think that usually a bride is not going to ask you much because it is her day. But if she is asking, it's important to her that she wants your opinion. Right, because she wants to know you're invested. Right. She might not want your stupid ideas, (laughs) but when she has a question. No, we're not having a Star Wars cake. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted wanted my wedding party to come in with wrestling music. Oh, God. That was vetoed by both my wife. And uh, and the DJ, the DJ backed her up on. You're it. cute. Thank Sit you. Down. <laughs> Shut up and eat your ham. Right. We, exactly. We paid forty dollars a plate right, for it. Exactly. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, have you you've you've heard this song "Rich Men North of Richmond" by this yeah, Oliver Anthony? Great song. Yeah, and and for people that don't know, it, you probably have seen it. Um, it's uh, it, it's really simple video. Very it, simple. It's a guy. He's got that long red beard he's playing a i think it's a steel guitar out in the middle of the woods yeah and uh jay freeman we got a little clip of it if, if you haven't heard it kind it goes like this and of course this thing has millions and millions of views it's really resonating with a lot of people it's the top of the billboard charts right and and, and it seems pretty organic mm-hmm. um and and of course after it was released there was a whole bunch of thing pieces about it um you know republicans have kind of claimed it as their own they even played it at the beginning of the uh, debate. And he has said yes. that he is in the middle of the aisle. He does not claim one side or the other. He's made that very clear over and over. Yeah, and actually he, he posted a, a video uh, from the front seat of his truck as, as, as all great commentary on YouTube takes place. And, and he said in the clip that he wrote this song about those people, the pe- the uh, the people on stage of the the Republican debate. Mm-hmm. He says it's aggravating seeing people on conservative news trying to identify with me like I'm one of them. It's aggravating to see certain musicians and politicians act like we're buddies, it, like we're fighting the same struggle here. The song had nothing to do with Joe Biden. It's a lot bigger than Joe Biden. That song is written about the people on that stage and a lot more too. Not just them, but definitely them. So good for him. I, I mean, here's the thing. You know, I obviously, uh, you know, I was, I was seeing the post, the thing pieces, people saying it was a conservative anthem. But listening to it, you know, OK, he does he does mention like Epstein Island. He complains about taxes and and um, he makes a reference to fat people on welfare. But other than that, it felt like a throwback, like a Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, yep. working man thing. Mm-hmm. And and so it's got to be very frustrating when, you know, you, you, you put so much into a message like this. Yeah, he said it was funny seeing my song at the presidential debate because I wrote that song about those people. Right. And so the exact people you're complaining about hijack your message. <laughs> you, you didn't understand what yeah. I was saying. Yes, please. Uh, listen again. <laughs> Listen again. I know. I know those people. I was like, oh, this is a great song. It's they not were about so me. so proud of themselves right. that they opened up with that. Right. Uh, no, this is, yeah, this isn't, this isn't about me. I mean, here's the thing. Both sides, they, they play out of the same playbook and then they com- criticize the other side for mm. doing exactly what they do. So good for you, Oliver Anthony. And the thing is, you know, I, I, I don't know how much money he's made off this, but when he wrote this song, he was living in a trailer that he found off Craigslist. So, you know. Is that right? Yeah. 
So, wow. so he's definitely, you know, definitely a, a, a working man who's not really beholden to any part. So good for him for speaking out on this. Yep. Um, when we come back, we're going to be joined by Guy and Lloyd to get us ready for JR Morning. It's first thing with Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR. And, of course, I drag him into the studio a little bit early. Lloyd Jackson, Guy Gordon, joined myself and, and Renee Vitale. And we're always so reluctant. I know. <laughs> we kick and scream the whole way. Yeah. Come on, guys. It could be my birthday present. Um, we were talking about, God, what crazy weekend on the freeways. Um, yeah. You know, there's that terrible accident on 696 where that charger was cut in half. And mm-hmm. there were not one but two wrong way drivers on 75. Yeah. On, um One at 75 in Clark and the other at 75 in Schaefer. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the question is, and I guess I know the answer. You know, how turned around or messed up do you have to be to get on the freeway going the wrong way? Yeah. You got to go down the up ramp, the right. exit ramp. So you really got to be pretty. Well, there's that. And also, let's face it, you got to be pretty cooked if you are on the service drives going the wrong way. That's Before true. you Before even you get, get to the ramp, mm-hmm. you're That's on right. the wrong service drive. That's right. That really takes some effort. To be that must <laughs> <laughs> yeah. some commitment. How yes. many? Uh, what what does your BA have to be? <laughs> yeah, to do lots that? of pops. And, and, yeah, and those wrong mornings. Way, those wrong way drivers. Like the first one was like at two forty. Yeah, you know the bars close at two. Right, and the other one was like closer to four, and some are you know right. And, and in, later, and you got the blind hours. pigs out there. Yeah, you go. And in that first one. Uh, 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 an MSP patrol car was clipped because someone didn't want to wait and they tried going around the, the, the police car and they clipped the police car. Luckily, no one was hurt. But, you know, so that's even crazy. Have you ever encountered one of these? Renee, you said you, you oh, have. Oh, yeah, especially the time that we're all on the road. Yeah. You I, know, it's so early. The bars are closing. Mm-hmm. and When I was know. working with Rhonda at, at Channel 4, and we were coming in usually about 3.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. so yeah, there were still some folks straggling out of the sure. bars. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there's something about seeing those lights coming at you. Your brain just doesn't calculate right. necessarily at that time of the morning that that's wrong. That's on the other side. I'm yeah, hallucinating. That, right. Exactly. Yeah. That wouldn't be it. And then you go, holy mother of Lord, and you get off. Yeah. And I used to call Rhonda, who was usually about a, you know five, ten minutes behind me, mm-hmm. and say, there's a guy coming up your way. Just get off. Yeah. Just get off. And it is it is scary when they close yeah. in because they also don't know what lane they're in. Right. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. And usually nine times out of ten, when they hit somebody head on, nothing happens to them. Right. But the person that they hit is killed or really hurt very right. bad. But what, they're usually not hurt at all. Which I believe was the case. I believe the, uh, the two people who were hit. Mm-hmm. Were killed. Were killed, yeah. yes. And the drivers did go to the hospital, but, but they, they be survived. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure it has happened to me. One time, I was the wrong way driver. I just got my driver's license, and I grew up on the east side. So um, I was just kind of driving around, and I was in Mount Clemens, and uh, I was trying to get home. And I'm like, oh, here's Gratiot. I'll take that home. And I turned right on Gratiot when I should have turned left. And... Uh, I don't know it, what it feels like to be Godzilla attacking a city and having everyone get out of your way, but that's what it was. I mean, obviously, I was just as terrified as them, and when I realized I was going the wrong way, I slowed down to 15 miles an hour, but but it was really scary. I hope you were driving one of those vehicles that had student driver no. plastered all over it. It's a good thing now that parents do that, and I appreciate that. When yeah. moms and dads do that in their vehicles saying, hey, we're 
we're working on some stuff here, so yeah. give us a, give us a wide berth. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, yeah, so uh, that was the first and last time I did that, and, and, and luckily nobody got hurt. To your defense, Gratiot does get a little wonky on the east side in Mount Clemens. Yes, it does. Yeah, it's a lot of crisscrosses yeah. and a lot of one ways. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Renee. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, speaking, uh, you know, speaking of um, close calls, we, we're getting more information on uh, that plane that plane crash out at Willow Run during the Thunder Over Michigan Air Show. Yeah, so a preliminary investigation has found that the pilot of the fighter jet that crashed at the Thunder Over Michigan Air Show was trying to land the plane while the backseater acknowledged to investigators that he likely pulled the ejection handles for both of them. Now, the report suggested that before the jet hit the ground, the pilot and backseater had different views about what to do which caused the plane to crash. So they were not on the same page. Yeah. It sounded like the the pilot was was trying to uh the the engine lost power. The pilot was trying to salvage it and 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 hit a r- runway and do an emergency landing. Right. The guy in the back said, "I don't want to die." And I'm he, out of here. He <laughs> pulled the ripcord and took them both out. Yeah. But they survived. Yeah. You understand that the pilot in command in the front seat knows that aircraft. He's got confidence in that aircraft. He's had issues in the aircraft before and has the ability to troubleshoot and maybe reignite the engines. So he he could have regained control of that aircraft. But if you don't have that level of confidence in the plane you're in, you're going to get the heck out. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I think that was the... To be fair, though, investigators did say, you know, there is no guarantee that the pilot would have been able to land that aircraft safely. Well, no. He- but he can divert it to an area that might have been better. Than, Less populated. Well, yeah. And he had to think about that. It's not just the two of them that he was thinking about. He's thinking about all those bystanders right. below that were watching the show. When you have an engine out like that or you have a, a scenario where you might have to make a landing, the first thing you do is you look for the open field and you steer toward it. Then you start mm-hmm. your troubleshooting. That must have been a tense ambulance ride between the two of them to the hospital. <laughs> I could have landed it. I could have landed it. I told you I had it. I told you. Just yeah. wait. Give me one more second. JR Morning coming up with Guy Gordon and Lloyd Jackson. Uh, Renee and I will be back tomorrow.